All right, good morning and welcome. You got Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how's the world treating you? It's good. How are you? Good. Do you not see, or I'd like your take on it, I guess. You know, when I was younger, I heard, you know, the, I don't want to say the old timers because I'm not like an old timer yet, but time accelerates drastically. And I feel like this year has just... Like it was January, and now we're, we're almost, you know, into the holiday season. It's funny you say that, because earlier this week, I try to plan ahead, because sure. we do a lot of best ofs on mm-hmm. the morning show yep. uh, whenever we have holidays. And so we have Thanksgiving, we will be doing some type of special programming or a best of, and then we do a best of on uh, Black Friday. Mm-hmm. So we were chit-chatting about like, well, what are we going to do for our special programming? Are we going to just do best of audio? And I was telling Nick, I cannot believe how quick this year has moved because Thanksgiving is just right around the corner. And actually today, uh, today's a pretty big day. Mm A couple different reasons. One, uh, opening season. So good luck. Some deer season. Yes. Good luck to you out there. And even more important, it's Veterans Day. So if you are a veteran out there, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we we love our veterans and uh, we honor and support you for all of your services and sacrifices that you have made Absolutely. for our wonderful country. But the next holiday that we will be facing is Thanksgiving. So I figured we could talk kind of ahead of the curve mm-hmm. and make sure that we are getting all of our listeners prepared if you are traveling for Thanksgiving. So are you traveling? So we will be staying, you know, we live outside a clever area. Um, you know, we'll be coming into Springfield. I mean, I know that's not like traveling like you're talking about, but I have a very important question. Sure. How do you fix your turkey? Uh, or do in, you do turkey? So I, I do turkey okay. and then we also do ham in the crock mm-hmm. pot, but yeah. for our turkey, and I know where you're going with this, <laughs> I oven bake my turkey, you do. but one year we did the deep uh-huh. fried, uh-huh. Uh, talk about kind of scary yeah. if, and you have to make sure you're prepared and right. you know what you're doing. But yeah, we did have that and it was pretty delicious. So that's typically how we do ours. Do you I do have... the turducken? Turducken. Yeah, I where you I know that you term. do the uh, the turkey and then the the duck inside. No, I've never. I'll have to look that up. I, I know suppose. some people do that, and then hmm. like the uh, sometimes people do like like Cornish hens. Yeah, and they, I could see that. Yeah, I I've got a dear friend of mine. He years ago deep fried our first turkey, and he injected it. Hmm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the injection. I don't know if you ever done that at all. Uh, I think so. Like it'll do like they have garlic butter and, uh-huh. and uh, my favorite is Cajun, um, but it comes with a big syringe and you kind of pump the uh, injection inside the, the tissue of the turkey and then you deep fry it. So years ago, to your point, um, we used a fish fryer outside propane and there's videos all over the internet about people doing bad things and catching their house on fire or whatever. Uh, we always did it out in the yard. It was it went very well. So Fit, if you're out there, thank you, brother, for turning me on to that. Now, uh, we had another friend uh, actually picked us up one. We have an electric deep fat fryer. Really? That is much safer. 
We do it in the garage. Okay. Uh, works out fantastic. I realize we should be talking about cars right now, That's but okay. <laughs> uh, I feel topical. like this is important. You know, tis the season. Um, but I am a huge. Uh, I've smoked turkeys over the years. We've obviously oven uh, baked them, which is fantastic as well. But my favorite is the deep fried. Yeah, turkey. it wasn't terrible. It was definitely up there and one of the the best turkeys that we've had. It it is my go-to, and that's usually what I do each year, uh, or at least play a role in it. Uh, this year, I'm sure we'll have plenty of turkey and chefs cooking different turkeys. So, right, be safe out there. I guess is the main point, and enjoy. Yeah, that's right, and also be safe on the roads. So, I... are you traveling? Um. So yes and no. I'm gonna go up to my brother's house. I think next weekend. Ah. I don't know what day it is half the time. So I believe it's next weekend I'm going and we're going to go up there and visit him. And then we're also going to take a little mini side road trip because, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I am. Well, yeah. And we're going up to Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, that's a little jaunt. They have. And well, and this is fitting for Veterans Day as well. So they have the kissing sailor statue. I believe it's called Embracing Peace. And it is a very famous a uh, photo. I'll show it to you here yeah. really quick. Oh, yes. I am. Now that yes. you show it to me. Yes. So the, Very the statue or the, the picture that you may be familiar with is the sailor that just grabs this nurse yeah. and they're kissing <laughs> and because they're really excited yes. that, you know, the war is over. And so they have these massive embracing peace statues. Oh, wow. I know there's one somewhere in California. I think it's San Diego, mm-hmm. but or maybe it's San Francisco. I always get those two mixed up, even though they're yeah. different ways. But uh, there's one in California, and then they have a, a traveling one, which is in Omaha, Nebraska okay. right now. And I believe it's going to be there until uh, sometime in January. Wow. So it might be kind of a fun little road trip For to sure. see if you're getting anxious ready to get out of the house that'd be a fun little trip absolutely plus we're gonna look up some other things it's been a long time since i've been to omaha nebraska so maybe we'll find a couple fun things to do that's a pretty good little drive to run up to omaha so my brother he is about four and a half hours away Mm -hmm. from us and then from uh his house to omaha i think it's like two okay so it it seems like a long ways but the way that we're breaking up the trip it won't won't be be terrible no i uh you know how i have a uh I don't know, would addiction be the right word or love for auctions? Yes. So the last time I was in Omaha was a last minute trip. I put a bid on an engine drive welder Mm -hmm. and I made that run there and back in a day. Um, I say I bribed the kids. I mainly forced them to come with me so I had company. <laughs> they were not as big of a fan as I was. Right. Uh, but I ended up with a cool deal on hey, an engine drive go. welder. Um, but that was my last trip up to there to Omaha. There you go. So if you are traveling, whether you're doing just a road trip or maybe you are going to hit the open road for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I've looked up the worst time to travel Uh-oh. on dun, Thanksgiving. Dun, dun. So according to Google Maps Insights, there able to track with the data that they receive Mm -hmm. they're able to see kind of the best times and the worst times and also the worst areas to travel oh so they say that the heaviest thanksgiving 
uh, traffic is expected on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yep. And they say that that is going to be around 4 or 5 p.m., whatever time zone you are mm-hmm. traveling to or from. They say that these are the times where Thanksgiving travelers merge with the regular rush hour traffic. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe it's called Enrix. It's I-N-R-I-X. They are a transportation analytics company. They are also predicting a national traffic peak on Wednesday afternoon, but also be aware on actual Thanksgiving Day that the busiest times are likely going to be 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. That also makes sense because most people, whenever they have Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. they do either kind of a noon lunch or they do kind of a late dinner. Mm -hmm. So that just that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, In Rick's, they recommend planning your drive in the morning or after 6 p.m. to avoid the worst of it. Now, one thing that this article that I am reading from one thing that they didn't mention I wanted to get your take on Mm -hmm. was what about Black Friday shopping? So I actually, when you brought that up earlier, is Black Friday shopping as big of a deal as it used to be? I don't think that it is Mm -hmm. strictly because we have Cyber Monday and then we also have Small Business Saturday. So people are kind of out and about to begin with. But a lot of people, I think, especially after COVID, whenever they realized, Mm -hmm. you know, we can utilize Amazon or whatever Mm -hmm. source you're using and it can be a little bit more convenient. So I, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of thought Black Friday shopping was kind of a, eh, I kind of turned my nose up to it. But as I got older and got kids, there were some deals out there that right. you couldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, we had gone and gotten some really good deals um, in the previous years, I would say pre-COVID. To your point, after COVID, I even went a few times and you know, normally where the the items were gone immediately, they were there for hours afterwards. Right. Nobody was really interested in them too much. See, I enjoy Black Friday shopping. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those that goes overboard on it, but I just kind of like that. that the thrill th- of the hunt. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, that's, I love a good deal. Yeah, for sure. I just, I've noticed that the last few years. So if you're out there and you guys got some take on that, we would sure like to hear from you. But Sarah and I are going to step into a break. We'll be right back on the other side. For complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Happy deer season out there, everybody. And uh, we're going to be traveling, right? I assume a lot of people will be traveling. Yes. Now, I couldn't find an article. Typically, a couple days before Thanksgiving, uh, like AAA, and there's a couple others out there, they will do kind of a rough estimate on how many people they are estimating are going to be traveling and they typically will get that information through uh, a lot of like air flight ticket sales Mm -hmm. and then they will also see if they can get the information from like rental cars and how many rental cars have been rented during that period good point yes so i believe last year i think it was over the four-day period like 1.5 million people are expected to travel. I'm mm-hmm. going to assume that it's probably going to be in that same range. Sure. But whatever the case is, there's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. on the road. So you need to make sure that you are prepared if you are traveling. Now, in case you missed the first segment, it looks like the heaviest traffic is expected Tuesday and Wednesday evenings, typically around 4 to 5 p.m. And uh, they say that it's because traffic that is Thanksgiving holiday traffic 
is merging with the regular rush hour traffic. Mm -hmm. And then this article that I'm reading from also wants to recommend the busiest times are likely going to be Thanksgiving Day between 11 and 3 p.m. and also a peak traffic on Wednesday afternoon. So if you are thinking about leaving any of those days, Tuesday, Wednesday, or actually Thanksgiving, just kind of keep those those times in mind. And I know I've, I'm throwing a lot of days and a lot of times at you. I'll put all of this up, ksgf.com, and hopefully that will be able to kind of help you if you are planning on traveling, kind of pick the right time yeah. so you're not stuck in traffic forever. So as you're kind of running through that, I you know had kind of an epiphany, I guess, um, one, and I don't remember if it was Thanksgiving, but it was a holiday that when I was a kid, we were traveling and we were up by DeSoto, Missouri, I think. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes. It's kind of St. Louis area. And something was in the road. I can remember I was, you know, I was not old enough to drive. My folks were up front. Me and my sister were in the back seat and we lost a tire very rapidly. Uh-oh. Like. Heard it, you know, and then, and then, so I get out and I help my dad change his tire. We took care of that. No big deal. My point of this whole story is it was a holiday weekend as well. And we had a heck of a time getting a new tire. It was, we were traveling at night. My, my dad always liked to drive at night. And I bring this whole story up because you need to plan a little bit that if you're sending, you know, either loved one or you're traveling on a holiday weekend in the evening, the ability for resources or help will be drastically less. Yeah. And so we put the spare on and I don't exactly remember all the details, but it took us like a couple of days. You know, we were there for a family reunion to get a tire. And when I think they finally did get a tire, my sister and I went with my grandparents. But if I remember right, they had to sit in Walmart on a Sunday, I think. And I don't know if Walmart service centers even open on Sundays anymore. But they sat there, I think, for like four hours to get one tire installed on their vehicle. And I'm not throwing stones at Walmart. I'm sure they had other work that they were doing. The point of the story is now when we travel... I typically carry one, if not two, spare tires for whatever it is I'm I'm using, because one is none, two is one, and three is really where I'd like to be. Um, I carry some primitive tire repair equipment with me, along with an air compressor, and I'm sharing all this with you because a lot of my protocols of why I carry things or why I recommend certain things is because of real-life events that I was kind of a part of or I had stopped and helped other people that if you have a little bit of resources, it can really save you in a jam. And being aware that a lot of shops will be closed, um, service, roadside, uh, you know, there are companies out there that'll do roadside service, which is great. I greatly appreciate those folks because that's a very dangerous job. I've done roadside service in my career. Point being is you're going to be traveling where you have less resources if you have problems out on the road. The shops are not going to be available. The parts and equipment that's needed won't be available. So whatever you can bring or whatever you can educate yourself is very, very important. Um, I was not able to help these folks, but I saw some folks with a bad tire. Um, They had some other people there helping them, so it's not like I just drove by. But I could tell that they had driven the tire low 
uh, this was just this week actually, and it finally, you know, wore out or blew out the sidewall of the tire because when you run a tire low on air, and the reason I'm harping on tires is that's probably the biggest reason people break down out there on the side of the road but i could tell that they had driven the tire low for an extended period of time and even if you have a brand new tire and i mean showroom roll off if you puncture it and run it low in a very rapid short amount of time you will ruin the sidewall of that tire now how do you know uh being the operator whether you have a tire low well personally um i am absolutely fanatical about checking and adjusting air pressure and even with the swings in temperature that we've had lately sometimes i'm adding or taking 10 psi out of a tire and i do that because a tires aren't cheap but b i want my vehicle to perform like it needs to and not ruin a tire or you know handle poorly the other way is if the vehicle handles poorly or it pulls in a direction that doesn't normally pull in because if you have a low tire the vehicle is going to drift in that direction or the vehicle will feel unstable especially at speeds those are all key indicators as well as if you're driving which most of you out there are late model vehicles the upside down horseshoe i don't know what else to call it but it looks like a squatty or low tire for the tire pressure monitoring system is a good indicator as well and so adjusting the pressure and having the ability to is extremely important there you, you think, go. You think that's overboard, Sarah? No. So actually, I planned on talking the next segment about different things to test and check. Tires were way up there oh, on my yeah. list. It's one of the biggest reasons people have breakdowns. I agree. So we'll talk about a little bit more on that okay. in the next segment. But I want to cover really quick the best time to travel oh, on Thanksgiving. Because so it's of not course, just gloom and doom no, today, No, because we always have, you know, the worst time. Well, there always has to be a best time then. Excellent. So if you are uh, going to be out there on the road, according to Google and their analytics, they say that the ideal time to kick off your Thanksgiving journey is after 8 p.m. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, if you are hitting the road a little bit later, consider getting started on Wednesday before 8 a.m. or just after 8 p.m. Now on Thanksgiving Day, you can also plan your departure before 11 a.m. to avoid heavy traffic and ensure a smoother journey. Now, early risers, they have the advantage when planning their journey back. According to Enrix, the best time to depart for those returning from their Thanksgiving holiday trips are typically around 6 a.m. or 8 p.m. local time. It's wise to steer clear of the roads around 4 p.m. on both Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Now, where do you expect the worst traffic to be across Ooh, the whole country? Across the whole country. Not just here in Springfield or well, Missouri. I would venture to say it's probably going to be out on the coasts, I would assume. Yes. So the largest metropolitan areas, particularly New York City, mm-hmm. New, Los, York City. New York, uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Atlanta are likely to experience significant increases in traffic congestion. Um, It says that Wednesday afternoon is going to be the busiest time for traffic in those cities, also along with Boston, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, San Francisco, and Seattle. So NREX has identified specific highways across the country Mm -hmm. that will witness the most substantial increases. This is interesting. I know. So... 
In New York, it is advisable to avoid I-278 South as traffic is expected to be at a 158% increase than normal. In Los Angeles, you need to steer clear of I-5 South and I-405 South. As traffic is forecasted to increase significantly. Now, Atlanta residents, they should consider alternatives to I-85 South as it is predicted to have much more traffic than usual. Now, the ranking of where to expect the worst traffic is number one, New York. Number two, Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which I, it's been a long time since I've been to Washington, D.C., but I have heard that they have like the worst traffic in the United States. I was there as a kid and getting around in that town, I was not driving, but it's one of my earliest memories of how crazy mm-hmm. you had to drive to get around that town. Number three is Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which is no surprise. Right. Number four, Atlanta. Five, Boston. Uh, number six, stapled my, there we go. Miami, number seven, Philadelphia. Eight, Dallas, Fort Worth, which I wholeheartedly believe. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I would never drive in Dallas ever again. I like driving in Dallas. It stressed me out way too you much. You just get on the gas and go. And there's like six lanes the of traffic above you. I went to a cl- electrical class right at the high five there. It was brand new years ago. That was a, I was a very young man then. Uh, that was an education driving down there in Dallas. Stressful. The HOV lane, it took me forever. Do you know what the HOV lane is? No. The high occupancy vehicle lane. I kept seeing people doing like 120 down that lane. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like sectioned off, if okay. I remember right. And it, it's basically a benefit for carpooling to keep the traffic down because gotcha. the traffic in Dallas-Fort Worth is so bad. Gotcha. Number nine, Chicago. Also uh, can believe yeah, that. for sure. And number 10 is Houston. So if hmm. you are going to any of those areas, once again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to put all of these times and dates kind of, I know I'm going through them really quick and you're like, well, now what day did you say was the best and what time? I'm going to put it all up at KSGF.com under awesome. the A1 Custom Car Care podcast. That way it won't be uh, as jarbled, I guess, <laughs> if you will. So... I think next segment will be your time to shine okay. because we're going to talk about different things to prepare if you're taking your own Absolutely. personal vehicle. Definitely. Well, we're down at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to 1041 KSGF. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin. A1 Custom Car Care. Safe travels out there. Uh, Sarah, you and I talked about this in the last uh, show that we did, the previous show, but I've been seeing a lot of deer on the move. Yes, I uh, have as way well. More, yeah, way more than normal. So I'm sure I would assume that they're probably in rut by now, um, depending on how the seasons change. But uh, be mindful of that out there. So I was driving home this last week. And I saw more deer on the way home than I had in forever. Were they alive or dead? They were alive. (laughs) Uh, I did see several that had been hit, you know, and were laying on the side of the road or, uh, you know. It made me think about my headlights because I was driving a vehicle I don't normally drive. Mm. And I upgrade my headlights quite often. Now, with that being said, there are some people that are obnoxious with their headlights and they have the crazy colored ones that blind you for days. So I try and be courteous. I'm definitely a person that dims their headlights. 
I don't leave them on bright. You know, I try and be a courteous driver. Right. But I run my brights a lot to watch for deer because, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I, You know, one thing that I really struggle with, I do a lot of highway driving. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I try to be mindful of because I... I drive at a time where deer are pretty active and I like to be able to see and I have pretty bright headlights when they are on bright. Well, even when they're not on bright, really. And so I try to be mindful when Mm -hmm. I'm on the highway of not blinding anybody because sometimes people are not fully aware when they're on the highway that you still need to kind of be mindful of the other lanes, even if they are separated a little bit. Absolutely. I even try and, you know, as I come up on a slower moving car, you know, I definitely don't want, I don't like it when people do it to me. So I want to be as, excuse me, as courteous as possible. Um, But you better be on the, the lookout for deer. Yes. They are all over the place. Especially if you're traveling, there's going to be a, an uptick of people traveling mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks yeah. because we've got Thanksgiving coming up. And so I figured that we could do just kind of a quick maintenance checklist mm-hmm. if you are planning to take your own vehicle. Even if you're not, you know, I had been a big proponent of rental cars, especially for yes. my mom. I'm a lover of rental cars. She traveled uh, or she her a lot of our family or, or my mom's parents uh, live outside of St. Louis, so she mm. travels quite a bit. And so previously, uh, her vehicle, uh, I think we just crossed 300,000 miles. And Dang. so I really kind of want her closer to home. So if God forbid something does happen, I can go get her pretty quick. I don't want her to get to St. Louis and have a problem and then I got to go to St. Louis. So a rental car is, in my opinion, a great way to go. Because, uh, you know, if you have something happen, you just get another car and you keep on going on your trip. It's right. no skin off your nose. But the cost has gone up pretty high on some of those rentals. So I've seen folks that normally would take a lot of rental cars are starting to drive their own vehicle. So I think to, to Sarah's point, what is it that you should bring with you? Well, we've we've talked quite often, you know, tires, I'm sure I've beat the band on that deal, but... That is the most common thing that leaves people broke down on the side of the road is a tire situation. Secondly, is probably going to be running out of some kind of fuel, whether it's diesel or gas, etc. Um, I personally, um, when we travel quite a bit, I, I usually am traveling in a diesel-powered pickup because I'm towing. I carry excess fuel with us in case I get in a situation that I can't make it to the next fuel station or something happens and there is no fuel for some reason. Um, When we went down to Florida, I brought enough fuel that would get us pretty much there and back. Um, With a transfer tank, we also have a small, like, I don't say farm because we're not, Uh, but we raise some of our own livestock for our own consumption. So I have some equipment and the transfer tanks help out greatly. I don't recommend if you have a gasoline powered vehicle, you really haul in a lot of extra gas with you because it's much more volatile and there's a lot more risk hauling extra gasoline than there is diesel. So what do I do for my gasoline trips? Because sometimes we do take that. I don't run my tank down to dire straits before I stop and get gas. So my rule of thumb is roughly a quarter tank. Um, I'd rather a little bit more in there, depending on where we're traveling. Um, But I stop and get fuel more frequently, so I'm not down on the dire straits side of things, as well as that's better on the fuel pump system as well, because the liquid... Uh, submerged pump inside the tank uses the gasoline as its cooling um, 
material so you don't overheat and you will get a much longer life expectancy out of the pump. As well as when you do run it all the way down to E, the pump gets hot. You know, I just kind of covered that. But then you shock a hot pump with whatever temperature gasoline is coming out of the ground and that thermal shock on that electric motor is not good for the long-term life expectancy of a pump. So you can create yourself a no-start or a uh, get yourself stranded by shocking an electric pump with cold gasoline as you fill back up. Um, as well as it costs the same to drive it on a quarter tank as it does to drive it on E all the time. So that's that's something I just don't quite understand too often. What else do I carry uh, other than situations to deal with tires and fuel? I personally, um, I keep a, I don't want to say a go bag, but some snacks, uh, first aid kit. Uh, Refuge Medical is my preferred company that I get first aid equipment from. Um, if anybody knows anything about that company, um, you know why I do business. And if you don't, I would strongly recommend you looking into Refuge Medical for any first aid related items or medical equipment. Excellent company. Um, fairly close to us. Um, they're in a small town in Oklahoma, um, actually eastern Oklahoma. So they're, they're a local company as well, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, Spyro, Oklahoma is actually where they're at. So uh, excellent folks. I also carry a fire extinguisher and additional fluids with me. Why do I carry a fire extinguisher and fluids other than the, uh, you know, obvious reasons is because I've broke down over the years on different situations or I've stopped and helped people. And if I have a fire situation and I can get to it and get it snuffed out very early on in the, you know, fire situation, it's easy to put out a small fire. On a vehicle, once you get some of the petroleum-based products, whether it's plastic, fuels, etc., going, it is extremely difficult to get it put out, and you will lose whatever it is you have very rapidly, typically faster than you can get a first responder out there to you. So actually, I carry multiple fire extinguishers in most of my vehicles. Um, I need to do a better job locating and mounting those. Sometimes they're just in the floorboard of the truck, which is not great. I'm just keeping it real with you guys. But it's something that I've seen over the years, whether it's equipment or vehicles, etc., that if I can get it snuffed out right away, then I, you know, I haven't lost my entire vehicle. And especially if you're traveling, I had better mitigate the damage as much as possible. So strongly recommend that. Uh, the additional fluids, that's probably overkill for most people. But if you have some common sense and some DIY skills, um, I'll give you a real world example. Years ago, I had to go up for a family situation and I was towing a trailer to Kansas City. Uh, we loaded it with some uh, material and on the way home, I lost the front seal. I had an old beat up Chevy pickup. I mean, it was a real uh, project. Um, but I was pushing the truck probably a little harder than I should. So I got to take ownership of that. Life will teach you lessons. And this is my lesson. So we were pulling a small U-Haul trailer. And I was running about 70, 75. And all of a sudden, a bunch of smoke happened. And I pulled over. And the front seal actually had, I'm assuming the vent on my transmission was not venting correctly. But it actually pushed the front input seal out of my transmission, and the front pump on the transmission was pushing fluid as fast as I could pour it in. 
Now, I was a broke kid. I was probably maybe 16 or 17 at this point. But for whatever reason, I carried, I, I can almost remember, it was either 7 or 11 extra quarts of tranny fluid with me. Now, I didn't have transmission problems previously, but I knew I was driving kind of a truck that was not in the best shape, and so I brought everything that I could. Well, what that did for me is it allowed me to pour all the transmission fluid in my truck, at least to get me off of the interstate. And I was in uh, around Butler, Missouri, coming back towards Joplin from Kansas City. And so I had to call in a bunch of favors. Uh, one person lent a trailer. Another friend uh, towed it with his truck. Another friend came and picked up the trailer I was pulling and towed all of us back. So... Being broke down on the side of the road while you're on a trip will absolutely teach you some lessons. Now, this lesson, and what I'm trying hopefully to share with you all, was the fact that I had some extra fluids got me out of harm's way because being broke down on the side of an interstate is a bad place to be. There's, there's plenty of videos out there of people falling asleep or not paying attention or losing control and running into a stalled vehicle. And that is a dangerous spot to be. So I was able to get to an off-ramp, um, was started walking up the off-ramp, had a very nice Good Samaritan lady pick me up and drive me about four miles into Butler um, so I could make some phone calls. This was before the days of cell phones. And so now I travel. When we went to Florida, I took two gallons of transmission fluid along with other fluids with me. But for that reason, because of this story. So having some depth in, in basically is my point here of some resources that you can utilize to either protect your vehicle. Um, by the way, had I kept driving it, I would have burned that transmission up. But because I was able to pour fluid in there and get off to a, a safe area, I was able to pull that transmission out, put a new seal in it, clean the vent, put it right back in. And there was no harm to that transmission, by the way. So uh, a lot of folks would have just kept driving it. And once you lost the, the fluid pressure, you would have slipped the clutches and the trainer would have been smoked and you'd have been out probably three to eight grand, depending on the vehicle. My point of this whole thing is having some depth here and the resources to help yourself because you are your first responder. You can't always rely on, you know, having a tow truck here within 30 minutes and getting out of harm's way, especially on a holiday weekend. Do you think that's a little overkill, Sarah? No, uh, that actually made my list is to make sure that you change your fluids and mm -hmm. just... Just preparedness. Yep. Have a little backup. Also on my list is change your wipers. Yep. Make That's sure a to good one. And it's a good time to do that mm -hmm. right now too. And also, kind of on your point of just better preparedness, just in general, check your spare tire. Mm -hmm. Make sure that it is got the air that it needs or the the pressure that it needs and make sure that it doesn't have any slow leaks or yep. anything like that make sure that it can handle the age of the spare is really yes. important i see a lot of very old spare tires and once you put it on if it's eight ten years old or older and you have the load of the car the heat etc you will lose that spare very quickly another thing that i have on my list is to double check tools in your vehicle mm -hmm. i don't know about you i well this is kind of a two-part thing yeah i don't know about you but whenever i have something that's in my vehicle typically for my emergency kit mm -hmm. every once in a while uh we will lose something or we'll be like oh it's in the car yep. let's go get it and then sometimes it doesn't make its mm -hmm. way back into the vehicle i'm very bad about so that. make sure that 
that if you are bad about that, don't do that. But two, also, if you have uh, tools that require batteries, make sure that they're charged mm-hmm. up before you hit the road. Definitely, definitely. But uh, Sarah and I are going to wrap this up in a nice little bow right after this last break. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We want you all to have safe travels, and hopefully if this helps one person out there, I guess is what maybe just provoking some extra thought. Right, yeah. And I know that oftentimes after we have our conversations about, especially after emergency car care kits, I always will get like a message on our text line like, hey, thank you for reminding me Mm -hmm. of putting this in my car kit. I've never thought of that. Or I know that a couple of people are like, I wish you guys sold car care kits at the shop. Yeah, I've heard that quite a bit, honestly. I know. Well, I'm telling you, these car care kits, they are amazing. Mm -hmm. And I have been carrying one for a long time now, but especially after I had the little one, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was prepared in case I ever got stranded with you know, if it was just me and him on the road, oh. I don't I don't want to be um, unprepared if that situation ever happens. So that was one thing that was also kind of on my list was to update your car care kit, especially if you are a person that swaps out your kits. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I do it. I'm pretty guilty of it where I will take out, you know, the ice scraper yep. or I'll take out the blankets or the gloves or the, the hot hand mm-hmm. warmers, things like that. If you are like me and you also take those things out, make sure to put them back in, especially before you leave. And especially if you are traveling long distance, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always a good idea to check the weather to where you're going and where you're coming from and in between. But, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily think those things until they get on the road and they're like, oh, what's the temperature going to be or what's the weather like? And then um, they they have a situation where they they need those mm-hmm. things. So I just want to make sure that you're better prepared definitely. out there. Yeah, definitely. We don't, you know, like I said, I'm I'm keeping it real with you guys. I feels like uh, I shouldn't have been broken down as many times as I share the <laughs> stories. And you guys are probably like, what kind of mechanic is this guy? Well, he's he's basically the sinner that is trying to save you. Essentially, <laughs> that uh, you know things happen out there, and that has really what has built some of my mindset is. You know, even if you have a new car, um, you know, you can have a flat tire. You Even if you have brand new tires, you can have a flat tire. You can have breakdowns and whatnot. Now, I go a little overboard on the things that I carry. Not You can judge me if you want. I'm not changing. But uh, it's mainly just to provoke some of those thoughts. So if you guys have some thoughts out there, you're like, hey, Sarah and Dustin, ha- Sarah and Dustin haven't talked about XYZ let us know. We, you know, if we can share it with some folks or if you guys save our butts that we have this extra widget, you know, whatever it is, that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, one of those deals that it's not really, you know, about, you know, who's right or who's got the most cool toys or whatever. It's what's useful and how, and, and again, a lot of the things that I keep and I utilize quite a bit. Now I talk like I use it every week. A lot of times I'm stopping and helping other people that don't because of the amount of miles that I put on whatever and we travel and et cetera. A lot of times I'm, you know, uh, basically deploying them at somebody else's benefit to get them off the side of the road or to unlock their vehicle. I keep a, a vehicle unlock kit 
in most of my vehicles, not for me most of the time. I utilize it for other people, especially as the weather gets bad. It seems like I do a lot of unlocks at gas stations Mm -hmm. when the weather's crappy. It's always sleeting or raining. And it's because people are trying to get in and out of their car as quickly as possible. And, you know, things happen. So I can't tell you how many unlocks I've done over the years or, you know, it's not as easy to repair a car on the side of the road as it used to be because there's so much more complicated. But, you know, if it's a simple situation, yeah, you can do something about it. But uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure every day of the week, I guess, is the mindset behind that. That's right. So talking maintenance and making sure that your your car is prepared, even if you are taking a rental car, it's good to check these things as well. Mm -hmm. So we talked about fluids, uh, talked about checking your wipers, check your tires, check your spare tires, double check your tools and vehicles, making sure that. If you took a tool out that you've got it back in there before you leave, Um, but also check those batteries on your tools, especially if you have like the jump box Mm -hmm. or like a drill, make sure that those are charged before you leave. Uh, One thing that I put on my list is test your battery. Yep. So other than that, I think that I got everything covered. Am I missing anything? The only thing that I would put out there is lighting sources. Mm, Yes, that's a good point. Really, really important. So... Um, NOCO, and they're not a sponsor of the show or the shop, but they're the brand of jump boxes that I personally use. And I have tried, I couldn't tell you how many of them. They have a wigwag or a flashing SOS. They have five different lighting uh, functions on the jump box. So even if you don't need the jump box and say you have a flat tire, A, maybe you need light to work with. Or more importantly, you need a signaling device to keep people from running into you. Very important. So it has the ability not only to jumpstart the car, recharge your you know USB devices, but it has a signaling device to, to let motorists know that you're on the side of the road and that you're there and to get their attention. As well as, well as I've been um, including or building some of my vehicle kits. Now we have many drivers in our house. We got some older kids. Um, I have multiple vehicles that I use for different reasons. Some of them are heavy towing. Some of them are passenger-focused vehicles. But road flares, the old-school road flares are awesome. Mm. And they're pretty reasonable as well. And they will double in a very quick way to start a fire if you ever do need that. But I keep and I'm uh, expanding some of my personal kits that I put together for our vehicles with road flares just as some way to signal and i really you know i've seen them on movies forever and i you know never really utilized them till the last few years and now that i see how simple they are how little room they take up the shelf life is pretty good on a road flare it's just that extra redundancy to give some more um capabilities if you will because you know i may be awesome at changing tires which i am but if somebody runs into me or my car while I'm doing it or truck or trailer or whatever I've got, I'm in deep trouble. Not to mention I got another person who's, you know, been affected during that collision. Um, not to mention a lot of times your family will be sitting in the car that you're broke down at. So, uh, having some good way to signal folks to get you on and off. And a lot of times even me, And, you know, they preach, you know, don't drive a car with a flat tire, which they're right. It'll ruin the tire, it'll ruin the the wheel. 
I have had flats where it was not safe to change the flat right there, the flat right where it was at. So I drove it to the off-ramp or the exit uh, slowly, not at like 70 miles an hour. But I will I will replace a wheel and a tire much uh, easier than I will replace me or one of my loved ones or, God forbid, somebody that I don't even know that runs into me. So pretty important out there. And, and just be mindful. Well, it's all stuff. We are almost out of show one other thing that i want to mention if you are a person who likes to rent cars we've briefly touched on it throughout the show right now is a good time to go ahead and check because i believe the closer that you get Mm -hmm. inventory kind of depletes and then those prices they get a little bit higher and higher each day so if you are looking for one right now is a good good time to take a look at uh, at rates and see if you can get yourself a good deal. Now, believe it or not, we are officially out of show. So if you are out there in Radio Land, you have a question or a comment for us, feel free to text us on our text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you as well. Be safe. Bye.